Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. For today's episode, Jim is joined by Coach C.J. White, Director of Strength and Conditioning and Head Football Strength Coach for Jackson State University. Prior to his time at JSU, Coach White had roles on the Strength and Conditioning staff at Arkansas State, SMU, and his alma mater, Mary Hardin-Baylor. While at Mary Hardin-Baylor, C.J. played outside linebacker and defensive end from 2014 to 2016. He has been a part of three American Southwest Conference Championships and one Division III National Championship. Coach White graduated from Mary Hardin-Baylor in 2018 with a degree in exercise physiology and went on to earn a Master of Science in Sports Administration from Arkansas State University in 2020. Please enjoy this conversation with Coach C.J. White. Coach C.J. White, I'm the head strength and conditioning coach here at Jackson State University. Uh, obviously, everyone knows who we are right now, not just because of what we've done in the past, but due to who is here now and everyone knows as Coach Prime, a.k.a. Deion Sanders, one of the best to, or the best to ever do it. You know, we have him as our front runner right now. So the media is on us. So it's a pretty big time to be doing something great. Uh, prior to that, I graduated from my Mary Harden Baylor in the class of 2018 yeah. uh, down in Central Texas. Uh, from there, I took a, um, an unpaid internship at uh, Southern Methodist University out in Dallas, uh, where I met Coach Becca Gold, and um, she was the intern coordinator. And it was funny because I had a full-time job working for a company. Have you heard of a company called Performance Course in, in Texas? Performance Course, I've not, no. So the Performance Course trains a lot of high school athletes. So like Allen High School works with them and in the summer, instead of the coaches working with them, it's like they gotcha. fall back and they outsource the program. And that's the company I worked for. So I had an offer to work for them. Uh, I turned it down because I wanted to get to the next level collegiately. Uh, Coach Gold gave me the great opportunity. And that's where I was mentored by a lot of greats there, uh, such like Kaz Kazadi. And so we worked together very well. And I learned a lot from him. Moved on from there after about a year and a half, two years. Got my master's paid for at, uh, at a GA at Arkansas State University. Nice. I was actually I was actually there until... Is it now March? Yes, yeah, probably till September. So Arkansas State, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you know Jake? Jake Miller? Yeah. Yeah, that's who brought me into Arkansas State, Coach Miller. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, go yes, ahead. Sorry. Jake Miller, he's the one that brought me in. It was it was him, Max Tilden, Kyle Bolton. And uh, they brought me in to be a GA. And uh, from there, I got a call mid-September. We're preparing for a game. I'm actually on the practice field as it's happening. I get a text from uh, Coach Koss from SMU. They're like, yo, are you free? Always, what's up? And he said a lot of words in one message, and it took a while to kind of digest it. And it was, do you want to interview for the head strength and conditioning job at Jackson State with Deion Sanders? And so if you hear that or read that yeah. without hearing anything in the past, like, oh, I was just like, you know, I'm not going to say, excuse me, I'm not going to say what? I'm going right, to, yes. Right, right. But that's what's right going on. Right. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, okay. And I showed someone a text and said, bro, am I reading this right? And it was like, I don't think so, but let's just find out. So yeah. I actually walked over to Coach Miller. I looked at him and he was like, you better answer that phone call if it rings. Two seconds later, a number from, uh, like a number I'd never had before called me. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because about five minutes later, Coach Kyle sent me the number and it was Coach Prime's number, but he had already called me before I even knew. So I see a number, I'm like, okay. Miller's like, hey, you got to answer that. Hello? CJ, it's Coach Prime. Holler at me. 
So, you know, you being a GA here at Arkansas State, and you don't really you think you're going to be here for like another six to eight months or whatever, graduate and kind of help out until you earn a full-time job, to get a call saying, this is Coach Prime, you know, let's go, let's talk. And at that point, it was like the interview process began. And it right. happened so quick, and I really didn't have time to prepare for it. But due to the great mentors I've had before, like dealing with adversity and pressure, it was just nothing for me. So I got in. So you're saying, so that that happened pretty much on the same call? He's just. Yes, yeah, same call. So yeah. Kyle was like, you want an interview? I was like, yes. Two minutes later, the interview began. He goes, yeah. oh, well, I got someone who's going to call you later. Just talk to him the same way you talk to me. Be composed and, and sound confident. Boom. Got another call that day from his like right-hand man. Went through the interview process. Sent him my like six-month plan that they wanted to see. Boom. After that, the next day, they told me, oh, you're in the top two. Next day, boom, you got the job. So in a matter of 72 hours, all that happened. So, Could you say that uh, Coach Prime works fast? Get it? You get it, yeah, fast. Yeah, I get it, yeah. He does work fast. He moves fast. He is the fastest. That, that he, everything he does is fast, so. Yeah. And that's the, that's the pace of practice, too. Like everything we do is fast. And well, I, do, I definitely want to get into that. First of all, though, man, congrats. Because, like, here, here's the deal. Like, to get in the door, like, what a what a feather in your cap. Like, what, a, what a, a nod to all the work that you've already done. But you're obviously, you know, that only goes so far. You still have to sort of step up to the opportunity. And, and it's clear that you're doing that. So congratulations. And in, in a career that moves fast is – whatever, like you said, you still got to put something, you got to put a product out there with the kids in on the field and all that kind of stuff. I have a ton of questions, but I also just got to say that I'm, I'm pumped for you uh, being a Chicago guy, you know, Walter Payton it, for as long as I've been aware of what football is, he has been my idol for sure. So like that place has been, is meaningful. I think at least to me, but certain, and, and I think in, in a lot of, um, uh, in the, in the minds of a lot of Chicagoans at the hearts and, and to see sort of the resurgence and more, more eyes on the university recently has been really a cool thing. Has it been, I mean, did, was that, was it that way from the start? Have there been more and more cameras on you all or like, what's that been like? It's to the point now where you don't even notice the cameras because yeah. <clears throat> the first day we got there, it was like team meeting and in the team meeting, I mean, the, six seven cameras getting every angle of the room yeah you know and at first it's kind of like kind of looking around and whatnot yeah. and uh so then the next day they came into the weight room and like i the weight room is sacred to me so like anything we do in the weight room normally i'm one of the guys that's like man i don't care about the what the glitz and the glam i don't care what happened like we in here we working and we out and so like i'm trying to coach you know we're walking around coaching and there's a camera pretty much following me like zoomed in on my face for the whole hour, hour, 15 minute workout. Yeah. And like the first 15, 20 minutes is kind of like you keep looking at it and it's like, you know, it's not going away, but you can't do anything about it. And after a while, you just kind of got used to it. And yeah. now it's been consistent, like cameras are there every day and it's, you don't even notice it anymore. Um, but I have to sort of pick at one thing you said, the, the bigger purpose. So um, you get down there not that long ago, new coach, new level of excitement in the program. Like what, what is the purpose? What are, what are you all, I see believe on the shirt. What are you all, what, what concepts are you sort of unified behind and what are you working toward? Gotcha. Yes, sir. So uh, when it comes to anyone, whether it's staff, uh, 
equipment, strength and conditioning, or the players themselves, or coaches, period. One thing we want to do, we all want to be smart. We want to be tough. We want to be fast. We want to be disciplined. That's the main four things that we're always going to preach of the staff. Smart, tough, fast, disciplined. There you go. If you don't meet those four points or those, for that criteria, then it's just not going to be the best fit for you because we're setting a new expectation. Um, JSU has always said that we're um, building on traditions and we're blazing new trails. I like so that. We're always going to say. And so it's like we're building on the tradition of what JSU has done in the past, but the new trail that we're we're blazing has never been done before. You know, we're trying to do things for not just for the HBCUs, but just for college in general that have never been seen. You know, no one's ever had a, uh, a big time head coach, one of the greatest players of all time, you know, come down to be a coach hmm. and not just to come be a coach. But when you see the little things he's doing off the field for people. I know he just, you see it in the news, he signed new deals with HBCUs and, and Pepsi. He signed deal for people to get, get into college. Like he's doing a lot of great things for universities. And not only is that gonna be for him, I feel like it's gonna be a domino effect of other people in higher positions to go ahead and start helping out colleges that don't necessarily get that, you know, that limelight 24 seven. Even then, what he's trying to do is even the playing field. I, I think that's, uh, I think you're exactly right. There, there's so much that goes into, I mean, we could talk about that idea alone all day, but there's so much that goes into the whole, you know, NCAA athletics, um, college football specifically. There's so much that goes into that, but certainly attention, how many eyeballs on you as a player, as a coach, whatever, like that's a currency. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like social media, you know, how much attention can you gather? And then what can you do with that attention? That's like, that, that really is what matters. And there's been some amazing football played at HBCUs historically over time, but, but you're right. Like, are, are there enough eyeballs on what's going on? That's, that's an important question mark. And it seems like at least now, you know, you know, the, the amount of attention he's brought, when you talk about leveling the playing field, that's certain, that's such an important component. Like why, why, why do coaches make these exorbitant salaries, right? Well, it's because they're bringing attention to a program who can then monetize that attention through TV contracts or whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, it makes sense that that's, that's a really essential first step. That's amazing. Well, um, I'm glad to hear it. And then, so you say coach prime works fast. Is that, that true in all things? Have you, how have you been able to sort of keep your composure through this stuff? Cause it feels like there's just a whirlwind uh, going on down there. Yeah. It's a lot. Cause it's moving fast. And yeah. you know, when you, when you take a team and just regardless of who the coaching staff is, regardless of who the players are, and you officially meet everyone for the first time in January and you tell them, Hey guys, and, less than a month, you're all going to be playing on ESPN. And they've right. never had one before. You know, that's a, that's a lot yeah. to throw at a group. And it's like, you got to get all your stuff together. Y'all got to figure each other out. Like, we got to do this fast. And it's like, everyone just sit there and take a deep breath, you know, relax. And we always tell them, you know, let's get 1% better every day. A lot of kids coming here right now, they're seeing the situation as like, we have to win them. We have to win tomorrow. Like, Guys, you got to understand, we're getting to know each other right now. Like, this is spring. Uh, we haven't really had an off-season to work with these guys. We haven't had time to do much. So you need to take this thing one day at a time and continue to progress. Because when the fall comes, you know, it's on. Right now, the spring is a great evaluation. You know, it is. Because 
all these new coaches coming in, new players, old players, and to see, you know, who works with who and who can handle the, the demands. Because like you said, Coach Prime works fast. He's um, He expects the best out of everybody. And it's not just like him saying that. He, he doesn't just talk to talk. He walks the walk. Every day he demands the, the best out of every single person, whether you're a coach, player, and whatever. And he will let you know if you're not up to par. So you just kind of either got to learn quick that you got to stay on point and be on your A game. Because if not, like we said before, the cameras are everywhere. So they're going to catch you if you you know you're lacking. Yes. Just kind of having that work ethic, that's all. Like even if you don't know what to do, move around at 100 miles per hour and find something to do. Eventually be in the right spot, you know. Initiative, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally right. That's what we have that conversation with people sometimes too. It's like there's no excuse. Well, there, there's plenty of room for rest and relaxation, relaxation, recovery and all those things. But when you're on, there's really no excuse for sitting around, right? It's the initiative. There's something to do, you know, instead of sitting back and, and thinking, um, you know, I've done my job. That's enough. This, this, this compulsion to, to find the next thing, take the next step, get, like you say, 1% better every day. That's a thing that has to be, I think, learned over time. So um, I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to, pick on one thing you said or investigate one thing you said, the communication idea. So I, I'm really interested in hearing how people, especially with, with the personality that I think um, Coach Prime has, I, I would think like fast, direct, like you said, accountable. This is what I want. This is how I want it. Did you get it done? No. Like how is that? Is that pretty much how it goes? And then yeah. it, it, tell me about that back and forth. And so it, like, has he created a culture where people are pretty open to that now? Would you say? Yes, because um, if that's how he is, you got to understand like when, when the head coach wants something, he wants it. You know, it's not really worried about how it gets done. It's more of you got to find a way to get it done. Right. You know? So, for instance, um, just because I'll just anytime I use an example, I don't want to put no one else out there. I'll just use my staff as an example. Sure. Um, at the beginning of the year, we want we had like some like agility stretches, kind of like watered down mat drills, you know, to see who is yeah. in shape, but you really can't go through full mat drill with kids who haven't trained uh, together in over a year almost because of COVID. They hadn't trained as a group since March. So you don't know what we've done from March until we got back in January, which is almost two months away. So we had some options ready and uh, we were going to be at this one facility. And no, we're going to be outside and it was perfect. We had gone through everything with the coaches and the day before we get that ice storm all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, we can go outside. We got to move it to the. Uh, we got to move it to the uh, basketball gym. Get it done. It wasn't like, hey, what do y'all? Th-? Nope. Hey, we're moving to the basketball gym. So other coaches, we had to get together. Me and my staff. Boom. All right, we go keep these same stations. What do we got to take out? Uh, the service in the on here is tougher. So how's that going to look on people? And we just have to think of all the worst case scenarios and come up with the best product. And it turned out to work good. And we didn't have to have call him because you never want to call him with little problems. That man is working on million dollar ideas. So I'm not going to call him and say, hey, what do you think about us doing this drill because of this? Like he he going to say, do your thing. That's why he hired us to do those. Jobs. Right. Right. So we got in and we just found every alternative we could and we made it work. And the, the less conver- I feel like the less conversation you have with him about your job, the better. Yeah. Right. That That's so interesting. So I, 
it's the right approach. Tell me if this resonates with you, because I, I feel like what you, that was a really good example of this idea. We we try to look for people. We're bringing people on in interns or, part, or whether we're looking for partners or whatever it might be. We want people who have creativity, initiative and follow through. Those are like the three things that we've sort of learned that that's what's most important. Meaning, like like you just said, there's not a there's not a script for everything. You know, like, okay, it starts to whatever, there's weather, we got to shift this indoors. Like, I don't have a, I don't, there's no list to, you know, there's no set of boxes to check. It is, hey, coach, we got to move this into that gym, go, right? And if if you don't have the initiative, creativity and follow through, you know, this this is going to sound harsh. And of course, we're in the, we're in the business really of, of coach development. So I don't want this to sound too harsh, but like, it's you, you know what I'm saying? But like, if the person can't do it, you might not have the right person for the job, or you just got to really encourage that person to build up that skill set. Cause the adaptability, I mean, if there's ever been a year that, that has taught us that like, you know, adaptability is key. There's no you know script for so much of what we've, we've done in 2020. Um, yeah. That, that's certainly in the limelight. Does that sound right to you? Yes, for sure. Yeah. And that's not even keeping it harsh. I just feel like that's that's being honest, you know. Like, like I, I'm we're, we're for us, we're very lenient towards those younger coaches, though. So I know myself as a younger coach, but whenever I speak on young coaches, I mean by experience, you know, not by age. So right. If you get a young coach in there, that's not a situation you're gonna throw that coach in and say, figure this out. You know, they got to see it done a couple of times because I know when I became an intern and I watched, you know, conflicts happen at SNU and I saw how fast they came up with ideas in my head. I would have never thought about it initially. And then once they did it, I was like, man, that, that is, that's easy. How, how did I not think of that? Right. Right. So I think it just comes with time and experience. It does. And we, and, and we go through, whenever we do our workshops, we talk about with, with coaching staffs, we talk about being uh, looking for, a familiar concept, not an exact script. So concept over script is something that we do. We talk about regularly. And, uh, you know, like you said, having seen that at SMU, having seen people go through that, I think it may, whether it was explicit or, or not, you probably watched people with where in, in frustrating moments, maybe emotion came up and then level heads sort of prevail. All right, we got to you know, and, and you identify what are the major levers, what are the major components of this situation, what are things that we absolutely have to do, what are the things that can sort of give way given the circumstance, and then it's just you know we always it's the approach. It's like you take one thing with you to every situation, and that's your approach. You know, like you you, uh, you approach a challenging situation really in the same way you approach an easy situation in that you're, you're looking, you're observing, you've got a purpose in mind. You try something, you listen to the feedback, you know, did this work? Did it not work? You go into that gym and maybe you thought uh, you ever drill X, you know, some ver- bear crawl variation was going to be just fine. Then you found out it wasn't. OK, so you adjust. And it's that combination of, of approaching with, with optimism and, um, and, and knowing that you're going to get through and get to the back end of it. If you really uh, dig in and engage and communicate well, that's, that's a hard thing to, to build. And, I, and I, I'm, we're right on the same page with that. I think you have to see it done well a handful of times before you can, before you can do it. Mm-hmm. And perfect example with that bear crawl, we had one, you know, on the turf, we had bear crawls. It was working out fine. Now you go on the, the, um, the hardwood you're doing bear crawls, you got to account for the guy sweating. So right. now that sweat's getting on the hardwood. And when we were, we're doing them, we didn't think of it right away. Yep. But then like, we were thinking of all the big things. Then you look over, you're like, man, they don't do the sweating on the ground. 
we turn bear crawl to one area and then that next area they move to return to like a low shuffle. That way they're shuffling on the same area. They're not shuffling on sweat, on sweat. They're only using their hands on the sweat. So it ended up working out pretty well. So that was a perfect example. Yeah, that's it, man. And and that's like, and, and when people talk about like the, the, the lessons learned through sports, like the supposed life lessons, that's the kind of thing. Like you can't take whatever most of those athletes go on to do I don't know who, maybe some of those guys go play professionally and that's amazing, but, but for most of their careers, it's not going to include a bear crawl, but to see you and your staff troubleshoot those situations, you know, that, that sort of thinking that would definitely transfer to wherever they go next. Uh, I like that. So I, I mean, it's really sincerely. Thanks for putting that out there for people. Cause I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I reflect back on my career, like, those are the those are the things that really do transfer. I, I for a long time, and I'm curious to hear about your career too, and if you got any of this. But for a long time, I think I prided myself on how hard I was willing to work in like football doubles, and I would I would take this into situations that like, you know, most people probably have never been through something as physically challenging. Most people on the planet have probably never been through something as physically and potentially mentally challenging as football doubles. In and this is pre, you know, there are more regulations now old school mm, to it way more regulations yeah. yeah that's right but like most people probably have never done that and then that was imp- i remember that being empowering to me in some way like i feel like okay i've been through that i can get through this but but what i have sort of come to realize is that it's not like you can't i i use this term you can't full back a boardroom meaning you can't take it's not a direct translation from this physical embodied hard charging athlete to um you know this hardworking professional, it, it looks a little different. So maybe I'll just use that and, and throw this out to you. What are some things that you learned as an athlete that you have transferred into this approach that you now have as a coach? I'll say the main one is going to be uh, one thing we still preach to the day and it's control what you can control. Totally. That's right. And, and that's the main one that we preach to all the players because uh, like I said, we don't have a turf field. So if the if it rains, you got to know, okay, we can't practice on the grass. We either going to have to take a bus or we're going to be on the court. Um, you can't control what, what play a coach calls. You can't control how many fans we have. Like we talk about motivation. I don't mean to get too in-depth here, but like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. You know, no, in depth, things, I love it. Yeah, yeah. so intrinsic things you can control. And the players, we're, we're teaching them that now and it takes time for them to realize it but extrinsic factors you can't control. So like we're letting them know that th- those things. And if you know you can't control something, you should not stress it. You need mm-hmm. to focus on your job and doing your job. And uh, we also, that, that goes with another saying. I have a lot of sayings we use in this DY. I'll, cl- I'll clean it up. It's DYFJ, so do your freaking job, you know? So that's what it's going to stand for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, if you could focus on your job, you know, take football, for instance, if you yeah. have 11 people on the field, which is always 11, if each person just focused on controlling what they can control and doing their job to the best of their ability, the place should run perfect. You know, it should, it should. It's, it, yeah, in theory. Yeah, of course. Yeah, theory, yeah. It should. Well, you're so right. And I would say from a coach's perspective, it's one of the hard parts of being a coach is like, and you can't even evaluate whether it was the right play call or not until you get something close to 11 out of 11 actually executing the, the you know, their, their responsibility on that game play. But I mean, that's it, man. Do your job. Because it, it, it's like, and this is, this is, it brings something. And, and if you got more on this, I, you got a lot of sayings. I want to hear more. But like, again, what a year to recognize that, like, just put the blinders, just do your job right now. 
and then, and then listen to the feedback of the world and, and take the next step. But what I've recognized is like, if you come out of the huddle, if you're a wide receiver, you come out of the huddle and your mind's on whether, like you said, whether or not that was the right play call, you just change the odds and, and turn them against you in that moment. You know what I mean? You're, the odds of you then executing really well in that moment have shifted. Now it's in favor of the defense because you're worried about something else, right? When, when, it, when it should be like, what's the stem on this route and where do I have to, you know, do your job? And then like, you know, and I always come back to the communication piece because like, how do you do that regularly? Well, that same person probably should have an opportunity, whether it's with you in the weight room or with their position coach or whatever it might be to, uh, to voice their concern down the road in a respectful way to the coaches, you know, like if you can have that open dialogue often enough, I think what, one thing that we, we can do for young people is we can offload some of that fear and frustration and worry so that more and more they can just do their freaking job. Um, anyway, yeah. Share, give, give me some more. I want to hear more of these uh, coachisms you got. These are good. Yeah. We we had to have another call as well because we can go back and forth on this stuff all day because you just talked about that fear. And uh, so um, we have kind of a, like a manual that we teach from as well in our coaching tree. And uh, one thing we actually just got done talking about is fear of failure. You know, that's as a type of motivation hmm. and, and that's going out there. And if you put yourself, like you said, if you walk out on that field and mentally you say, oh, this isn't the right play, you you shifted gears. Mm-hmm. And if I want to tie it to the weight room. If I'm about to max out and I put, you know, 455 on the bar, I don't think I'm going to get this. Mentally, you already psyched yourself out, you know? Like you're worried so much about what you're going to do wrong. You're not thinking about, man, what happens if I do this right? So. Um, I got to send you, I'm going to, I'm making a note to myself right now. I'm going to send you something. I just finished an article for um, AASP. It's uh, what is it? What's the acronym? It's American Association of Sports Psychology. I wrote an article on growth mindset and how that uh, layers on to moments. Like you just said, I literally use the weight room, the squat as the idea and I think one people, if you don't have a true growth mindset, I think one, one, one reason that it, that it sometimes uh, fails us if we don't, if we're not able to cultivate that the appropriate mindset is because of things like you just said, if, if I know, if I have the right growth mindset, meaning whatever happens in a challenging situation, whether it goes well or doesn't go well, I know that like I own my piece, I'm going to give it everything I have. And then I'm going to learn from whatever happens like that. That would be sort of a progressive growth mindset in that space. You can go as hard as you want and not have to fear failure. What you just mentioned, I can't tell you how many legitimately thousands of times I've seen that. It's like, there's a heavy bar. If you go into that with like, you know, that weight, that's too heavy, whatever coach is pushing me too hard or the program's wrong or or whatever, that's too heavy. You know, some people would say, well, that's just negative and and it's not going to go well. And that may be true. But what's interesting to me is that what really is happening, I think, is that person, maybe it's subconsciously, is a little bit afraid and they're letting themselves off the hook. Like if, if the weight's too heavy and they don't get it, it's like you don't have to feel that pain because it's like, well, I told you it was too heavy. You know what I mean? Like whatever. You don't have to own that piece. But if the weight is right on the edge of your ability and you give it everything you have, right, then, then you, first of all, obviously, you stand the best chance of actually succeeding. But then second of all, if you miss, like you, you, like with the right mindset, you don't have to worry about it. 
You have to own that pain momentarily, but then you can evaluate with real feedback. Where did I get stuck? You know what I mean? How, what does my rest and recovery look like these past two, three days? You know, you, you, there's, there's a next step, but only if you get out of the place of, of fear and, and lean into a place of, of growth um, can that sort of happen. But I just, I love that you use the squat example because that's literally, that's the example that I use in this article. So I'll send it off to you. We're speaking the same language, man. I love this call. That's good. I, I feel the same way. All right. So what are, what are some of the other things that you teach in the weight room? What are, what are some of the things you mentioned that you've got that the book? Um, yeah. What are some of your go-tos? Uh, so we have our four pri uh, primary standards that we teach soon if we get to the team, right? So the first one's going to be be disciplined. And uh, when we go into depth on it, it just means, you know, doing the right thing, one, when others aren't looking and doing it right the first time. Or if you learn, if you make a mistake, fix it the first time. You don't want to be that person that's always being told to redo the exact same thing. Yeah, right. And just be disciplined. Two is going to be uh, be relentless. And what we preach with that is uh, just make sure you have an intent and a purpose with everything you do. And that's not just in the weight room. That's not just on the field. That's off the field. That's in life. That's academics. That's whatever you're doing. Just be intentful with everything you do. Mm -hmm. uh, the third one we have is going to be the golden rule. Obviously, just treat others the way you want to be treated. Don't steal from them. Um, if you're a player that doesn't want to get cursed out when you make a mistake, why would you go and curse somebody out when they make a mistake? That's right. And uh, the last one's going to be uh, communication versus conversation. Hmm. Uh, communication's on the front end, conversation's on the back end. Uh, we tell our players every day, we understand as an athlete or as a collegiate athlete, you have prior arrangements, you have things that come up. Everyone has things that come up in life where they might be unavailable for something. But I'd much rather you communicate with us beforehand and say, hey, coach, this is what just happened. This is what's going on. I won't be here. You know, then we can discuss it versus us getting to wherever we need to be and someone looking for you and no one knows. Right. And so that was the main one I preached to the kids when they first got here and they've gotten great at it. Like today we had a lift group and then my phone was blowing up. Hey, coach, I have study hall. Hey, coach, I have class. Like, can I come at this time? Mm -hmm. And like, just the fact that we've only been here for three, four months, and they're already knowing how to overly communicate. Because I, I really, you blow my phone up, then you're not saying anything at all. Right, right. And uh, if you can do all four of those things, we say you have no excuses not to be successful or not be the person you need to be, because it's bigger than football. You know, we're not just giving you these goals to go play on the field. We're right. giving you these goals to get you ready for actual life. Yeah. So there are main four goals right there. Well, I, I love that. And, and especially that last thing, it, it, I just, I almost got the chills hearing that because like, cause that's the job. And so it's just so good to hear you say it. Like that's our job, our job, like your bench, we might get your bench press to a different place. And I challenge people with this all the time. And, and to some degree, it's like, who cares? But the things that you learn on the path to that, like max effort bench press, like that can go for the rest of your life. If, if you're doing it well, if you're in what sounds like you're, you're doing a, a really thoughtfully constructed culture uh, with, with these really key lessons. If all, if all you, you know, if you come out of your, your weight room experience and all you know is hypertrophy and progressive overload and, and, and some, some cool auxiliaries to make your uh, biceps bigger on game day and when you get the jersey on, that, you know, that's a missed opportunity. What excites me so much about the opportunity that you, people like you and I have and, and a lot of our team and a lot of the folks that we work with in strength and conditioning is like, there, there's a three month football season and there's nine months uh, in your culture, learning your lessons, 
you know, getting ready for that football season. And it's, and then it happens four times over and what a powerful learning potential um, that that holds, you know, the weight room is, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. In fact, I've, I'm, I'm hoping to turn part of our conversation into an article for a, a in uh, a, one of our websites, which is called beyond strength, beyondstrength.net is one of our websites. And, and, um, and that's it. Nine months of an off season, four times over the lesson, what we like build during that time has to go beyond strength and empower people in the other areas of their life. So definitely sounds like you're doing that. Yes, sir. Trying to just got to get these guys right, man. Cause a lot of them, whenever you come from these like inner city schools, you know, you're not taught the little things that yeah. uh, take beyond, beyond football. You know, a lot of people see it as, Oh, I'm here to go to the league. I'm here to go to the league. I'm here to go to the league. That's all you hear. And I said, like, okay, what happens if you don't go to the league? And they might, and we ask that question to them because they might get offended by it, but I'd rather you hear it from us than I'm not going to sit here and sell you a dream. You know, if you make it to the league, congrats for you. Like, it's a very hard thing to do. Just, you yes. know, you can understand that. But 90% of the people who are playing college ball do not make it to the league. So you That's have right. to understand, what are you going to do if that happens? You're going to sit here and keep training and training and training for an opportunity that might have passed where you could be progressing towards something that's actually beneficial for you. And um, that's one thing that we do talk about with these guys as well. Like, we that's good, man. And I, I do. So the next stage of this conversation would lean right into that. Like, what are the, what are the big, what, what are some of the biggest challenges? What, what, are, what are the guys you're working with need most? Because th that's such a good point. And I go back and forth and I'm going to actually ask you that very directly. Like what's the program approach to that conversation? Because it's a great, it's a great, you, you gotta, you gotta sell a dream to a degree. Like everyone's got their own heroes. Everyone's got like, you know, I want to be whatever it is. And that could be a professional football player, uh, firefighter. It could be a dentist. I don't know. You got these, you've got these things and you've got to strive for something, but, but at what point do you essentially say, yeah, what you just said, this may not happen for you. Um, and I think the reason I asked that, and I'm sorry, this is a long version of a simple question, yeah. but the, the reason I asked that is because I see so much online that's like, um, you know, there are there is no plan B. There are no other options. Devote yourself entirely to this thing. And it's interesting because like you do have to be really devoted to be successful, but to do it without these really logical and obvious idea that there there should be sort of a plan B or a, if this doesn't work out, here's how I'm going to pivot sort of mentality. How do you entertain that conversation with folks that are driven to make the NFL? So it's, it's tough for sure. Cause a lot of these times, you know, they've already created all these habits or created all these mindsets from their past. You know, they might've been told from the time they were seven to now, Oh, you're going to the NFL. You know, you're going to the NFL, people from home, people from fa their family, from church, everyone. I can't wait to see you on TV, you know, and they're always hearing this. Yeah. So they might have not always necessarily thought that was going to be their plan. They're, every kid's dream, you know, to play pro, but it probably wasn't a true like aspiration until they were kind of reprogrammed, you know, like if that's all you hear, like you are what you repeatedly do. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm always hearing you're going to the league, you're going to the league, you're going to the league when I get to the time where I have an opportunity to kind of present myself to go to the league, that's when that fear of failure comes in again, you know, and you don't really want to accept that that's not going to happen. So a lot of times we just kind of ask them like, okay, like, what are you doing to go to the league? You know, like, what are you doing? Well, I'm here coach. I'm practicing and I'm, and I'm lifting weights and, and I'm making, 
okay, but what else are you doing? You know, could we, out of the 24 hours of the day, we're asking you for what, a two hour practice and an hour and a half lift? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's three and a half hours. You want to sleep for eight. Okay, that's 11 and a half. So the rest of that time you're up, that 12 to whenever you're up, what are you doing that can right. separate yourself from everyone else and doing the exact same as you? Mm-hmm. And when you say that to them, they pause. You know, they don't ever know. They oh, I'm watching film. Hey, everyone's watching film. I promise you, if you go to any Power Five school right now, just walk into a film room, they're watching film. Yeah. What are you doing to separate yourself? And they never really have a true answer. You know, they're not. They're not looking at their position. They're not looking to see who's coming out in that year. They're not looking. They're not doing little things like that to where they know. Okay, this is where I truly match up. You know, and. Um, it's a lot more pressure now because, you know, Coach Prime's the coach. So they see that as a great avenue to kind of get to the lead. Sure. And that understand just because you have one of those missing pieces, the exposure now, you still have to put in the work. That's, that's uh, yeah, I'm, I, I have so much to share with you. Like I said, every, every I feel like every third sentence makes me want to like take this in a, like there's so many, so much to unpack here. Um, maybe that means there are future conversations down the road, I hope. But one of the things that you bring up for me is that's one of the things that we often try to support coaches and kids with is we have this process where we, where we think about, we call it UMA is the, is the filtering principle, understanding motivation and access. And like when oftentimes when we're problem solving, if we don't, if we can't do that, you know, if we, if we can't, equip people with the right understanding, align with someone's motives and give them access to do the things that they're hoping to do. If we can't check all three boxes, then, then oftentimes initiatives fall short. And it sounds like one of the things that you're saying is, you know, exposure might've been wanting one of the missing access pieces. And you know what I mean? And so that maybe that realm, maybe that piece is getting filled in, but, but, um, but the other pieces are still very much alive, potentially. People are motivated to um, get to the league, which is I, that that is an exciting and motivating idea. But are you but are you motivated enough to not only watch film but watch it in a very specific way? Um, you know, like not absently watch it like you're watching a football game, but but diagnose the you know if I'm a defensive back, like what are the route combos that um, that that sort of scare me most when I'm um, when I am, you know, considering the sort of coverages we run. And then do you then follow up with your defensive backs coach and say, hey, we're in a cover three, they're running this high-low concept or whatever. Um, you know, if, if you start to take all those little pieces, now you are motivated to do the small things. You're filling your own understanding gaps. That combined with the access piece is like, okay, we're moving this whole engine forward. But like you said, that's really freaking hard for people. Uh, it's hard to understand conceptually even much less do and uh, and that's why they need people like you in their lives, I think. Um, okay, so so let me ask this then to any athletes out there who might be in college. Like you mentioned, some really good stuff. You mentioned being disciplined, relentless, abiding by the golden rule, um, and what was the other? And, and then communication on the front end, conversation on the back end. These are sort of good staples. What would you say to a college athlete who? Um, thought they were in, you know, moving toward the league, but the writing's sort of on the wall that maybe that's not the outcome and they're starting to see it, right? What, what would you say to that athlete who now has to potentially consider alternative careers? 
I think it just kind of de- depends on, on how they how they are taking it. Because, you know, you have some of those guys who it's like, okay, cool, I see it. Like, I'm going to just move on. So that's one of those cases. That's where, you know, you have all these academic counselors and you have now not just with the exposure prime bringing to get to the league, he also had connection to other places. And, uh, man, I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but he's actually doing something right now where he takes, like, whoever the, whatever the major is, uh, like, so say it's like, I think one was like sport communications the other day. Yeah. Hey, he was like, hey, after practice, I need all my sport communication majors. And what he did was he post, he let them mock interview him to get used to, you know, asking questions and mm-hmm. doing things that they want to do. Filmed it, posted it so that they can see how they look whenever they're, they're going through an interview process. They can yeah. see it, the body language. They can see the ums, the, uh, the, the ands and all that. They can see the uh, body language, the hit, talking with the hands, no direct eye contact. And uh, so he's doing things that are going to help them yeah. with their career goals. But uh, that's a conversation to have where it's like, okay, cool. You've accepted it. Now let's get with your academic advisors and let's see what the best avenue for you is. Like, you want to go to grad school? You want to go ahead and start your career? Is that a possibility? Or in order to get to your goal, what do you need to do next? Right. And then you're going to have those hardhead guys who are just going to want to train. And I think at that point, you got to understand some people are just, at the end of the day, some people, you can't help everybody. And some people will be set in their way. So as much as you want to kind of give that person the right tools and the right knowledge, 22 years of an idea can't really be broken in two years, you know? So they might just be in their ways and they might be one of the people that goes home and and they'll keep training and keep training and wait for the next year opportunity. And um, they'll probably get shots like arena. You know, there's a lot of leagues opening up now to where they might get that opportunity, but it might not be the one that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you just, you want to stay in good grace with those guys and make sure you're always communicating with them. Like, maybe like subtly throw in like, hey, what do you like after the league, what do you want to do? Like, that's a great question. We like to say, well, what about when you're done with football? Yeah. Good. Not going to play football forever. Oh, well, I might want to be this. Okay. Well, what are you doing to get towards that now? And you can get one of the, you kind of get it out of them that way because they don't want to hear what are you going to do if you're not going to the league? If you right. say, what are you going to do, you know, after your time is up, what would you like, what would you like to do? And you kind of reword it and rephrase it just yeah. psychologically to make them feel like, you know, it's just the option then you start to get a feel for where they, where they stand. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, do I, I feel like I'm just giving you all these like truisms today, all our little like acronyms and all that kind of stuff, but it, it but it is mapping on to the stuff that you're sharing with me. So like one thing that we tell people, this is, you know, is there's only one real truth about, uh, everyone's athletic career. There's one universal truth about an athletic career, and that is no matter how good it goes or bad it goes, one day it will come to an end. It's going to start and it's going to end. And there's no, there's no other guarantee along the way. There's nothing. So to sort of recognize that and, and then recognize that that might come after a 12-year NFL career or it might come 12 weeks from now, you know, that end is coming someday. And then like you're saying to have this idea of like, when it, when it does, I'm not saying it's going to be a few months from now, but like when it does, what then, what are you interested in? Now you can really, you know, point, start pointing people in the right direction. And, and what excites me so much about everything that you've said is that all this stuff, I got notes over here, all this stuff is going to help them there too. 
right? You got to go apply to and get through graduate school. Okay. Be smart, tough, fast, and disciplined and, and relentless. And like, like this, just communicate well with your professors. It's not a coach anymore. But it's like, just keep that moving. That there, there's great transfer there. So I appreciate it, man. Um, all right. Well, any, anything else on your mind that you want to share with us? Uh, no, I think this is money, man, but I, I want to backtrack. I know at the beginning we were talking about some things that, uh, might've not got aired. So yeah, that's right. Shoot. That was, we said, that's amazing. So we said that we were going to start with that and then we talked for almost an hour and then never even got to it. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I wrote it down. So I wouldn't forget. <laughs> that's a sign of a good conversation though. So right. I, where we, where we started was we, where we started was, and tell me if I'm framing this correctly, but it, it's like, there's so much good out, good out there, research, content, podcasts, conferences, whatever it might be. Um, you know, a big mission of the Good Athlete Project is bridging the gap between research and practice in, in the field. Um, tell me, and you were just sort of telling me some of your ideas and thoughts and concerns there. Yeah. So uh, one thing I was saying, I was like, you go to all the conferences or you listen to, to all the podcasts that are filled with great speakers, um, you're learning great knowledge and it might be a very big name. Um, people kind of get caught up in that and think, oh, just because this person said it, you know, right. that's the exact way to do it. And uh, what coaches, as it's our job to understand that we have to take that information and not necessarily use it verbatim, but use that information and try to find a way for it to kind of um, adapt it and transform it to where it helps the athletes that we have, you know, right. not the athletes that they have. But for example, if you're hearing information about a college program and how they're doing APRE or they're doing some new form of programming that you've never heard, mm -hmm. they might show you the template, but that does not mean that you go out there and you replicate that template with your players. You have to know your personnel, know the players you have and know who you are influencing, their training level, their training age and all that before you yeah. give them something new. It's yeah, totally. And, and, and it goes back to that idea that you, you gave such a perfect, colorful story of having to move the operation inside with weather because it's like it's adaptability. It's understanding core concepts and then understanding how to adapt it to the needs of your space. So that's actually another sort of truism in our work. We call it the anchor and tether method, right? It's like we're going to anchor our process in certain areas. You know, these are the anchor concepts and the tether is like how much rope are you going to let out or bring in depending on the circumstances. If, uh, if you've got a quarterback who, who knows the playbook up and down, can read defenses, whatever, you can let the rope out a little bit and let him improvise and play a little bit. If you have a kid who's just sort of learning it, you pull a little tighter and say, look, this is, we, we, these, we make it real small and simple. This is what we're, this is our, the anchor of our process. That's the example. Uh, you know, one version of the example it works for coaches as well. But ultimately to get to that level of adaptability, Man, it is hard because I think a lot of people, and this is this is why I'm so passionate about the work that we do here at the project. Is um, you, 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 there are so many good ideas out there, and those ideas probably do work, but it's the implementation of the idea that makes it successful or not successful. You know, but like theoretically, you could go five by five reps and sets, and you can see some benefit. The 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 key is going to be knowing your kids in their background, like you said, their training age or training history, but even going a little further, are they in the middle of finals? You know what I mean? Are they, are they coming up to, uh, are, we're in season lifting, we're coming up to a big game, understanding the psychology and the mood of the team. There's so many little pieces that only, only you like CJ, the guy in the room with the kids uh, knows, and there's no program that could ever possibly account for that. 
So bridging that gap and making really good research, really good ideas usable is, is a very real passion of ours. And I agree with you, man. I think there needs to be more out there on that idea. All right. So, so here's what we'll do. We're going to leave that as sort of a cliffhanger if you're okay with it. And, and I'll say this, you're in football season, so you're busy, but maybe we find another time to jump on again and just talk shop. Uh, like you said, you haven't even had a full off season there yet. So there's going to be all sorts of stuff that, that uh, come to the table that might be worth working through. So that here's what we'll do. We won't say it's an end. We'll say it's a pause. Uh, and I'll say, I appreciate, I'm telling you, I, I was excited about what you were doing before we jumped on this call. I'm more excited now. Uh, I'm happy for the, the kids that you, the young men that you get to work with and influence. I think, I think it's going to be, I mean, uh, attention. I, I've got eyes on that program for more than just, I, and I mean this with complete sincerity, more than just the glitz and the glamour. This is, this is freaking good work right here. So it is going to be really exciting to see what the outcomes, um, are like for these young people, whether that's the NFL or, or wherever I'm going to be watching. So thanks for all the work you do, man. Awesome, man. No problem. I enjoyed it. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.